Good evening. My name is Dave Frankowski, and I'm here for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization. Showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. The school is established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the president, Dr. Carl Emler. Now in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which were contained in the original Hebrew. The correct name of our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit manifesting or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Now, Lord and God are titles, and they are not names. And the Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name, and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our creator has chosen for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. And a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1,400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our Father and his Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Now, Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. And we've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Now Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself 
as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or sign, a super incorporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. Now, this form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifests himself in a physical body, plane as Yahshua the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So a simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? And a further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build a physical one in the wilderness, just like the one he had seen in his vision on the mount. Pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. This school has 10 primary constitutional objectives or aims, and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh or Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religion, psychology, philosophy, modern practical and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby a man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this, this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Bruce Geller from our Oceanside class. 
and we'll have a scripture read, which will be Psalms 139, and that'll be read by Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside class. Thank you, Dave. Good afternoon, everyone. May we all bow our hearts and our minds in a moment of prayer. Let us thank our Heavenly Father, Yahweh, who's seen fit to bring us together once again. And we, Yahweh, for coming down yourself and being the ultimate sacrifice for the salvation of our souls. We appreciate the fact that you didn't send another, but you came your own self, and you're the one, Yahweh, through Yahshua, that's worthy of being that ultimate sacrifice that has the power to save us. We want to thank you for just helping us through these difficult times. We just ask you to continue to reveal yourself unto us through Yahshua. We're just very thankful, and it's very hard sometimes to put it into words, but we're very grateful for the fact that you have revealed yourself unto us and shown us the way. We want to thank you in the name of our Messiah. Let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good evening, class. Tonight's scripture is Psalms 139. I'll be reading that from the Holy Name Bible. Oh, Yahweh, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compasseth my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Yahweh, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge, it is too wonderful for me. It is hot. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in shoal, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be a light around me or about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, and darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. 
How precious also are thy thoughts of me, O L. How great the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I am awake, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O Elohim. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Yahweh, that hate thee? And am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred, and count them mine enemies. Search me, O El, and know my heart. Try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalms 139. Thank you, Dr. Jerry Geller and Dr. Bruce Geller. And this evening, we're going to have a three-speaker format, each speaker getting approximately 35 minutes. Our scripture readers this evening will be Dr. Linda Volpe and Dr. Andrea Volpe, both from our Oceanside class. And our first speaker this evening will be Dr. Clifford Cardoza from our Malaysia class. My name is Clifford Cardoza and I am located in Malaysia and it's Sunday morning, 8.13 a.m. Praise Yahshua forevermore. So I'm not really sure whether to wish you good morning or good evening, but greetings everyone and I'm happy to be here. Can you hear me clearly? Yes. Wonderful. Um, I'm looking at the participants and I can see Yahshua's favorites, if I may say so. Um, I have not been in class very long. I'm just over a year. But I'm looking at the names and I, I know most of you. Um, I've heard at some point in time, Yahshua, um, most of you, um, and from being in class and uh, through this pandemic, <clears throat> I have learned, um, I have come to class uh, to learn this, this uh, of this divine vision and divine revelation given to um, the founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the year 1931 out of Springfield, Ohio. Uh, when I came in, I came, I come from a Catholic background, uh, which was about 30 years ago. And I stopped going to the Catholic church. Uh, while I was in the Catholic church, um, they were, they were, there was an outpouring uh, of Catholic charismatic movement and the Catholics wanted to learn more and so they went into the Lutheran church to learn the things. And so they called me, um, come on, we, we, we are all going over there. So I told them, I said, you know, I, I, I'm a Catholic, I cannot go to this Lutheran church. You know, um, 
But he said, never mind about you being a Catholic, get in the car. So we went to the Lutheran church and there this man taught us Bible teaching. He taught us from the Bible, but he used Lord God and Jesus Christ. So didn't have anything to do. So sat down, learned some of the things and then <clears throat> went on um, three courses, eight weeks each, uh, twice a week studied the best way and um, by the time that finished and I was thought I'd go into it, another church <clears throat> and every time I uh, I went into I went to this this particular church and I hadn't been even been there for five weeks and the pastor called me he says can you find another church and go to it and um, I didn't really know why but uh, I just said okay by and I walked away and I didn't go to church for maybe 30 years I sat down with my bible and I'd look at classes and I um, a friend of mine uh, he's passed on now he came came from the United States and he always he used to use a word he'd always say you know um, there is a remnant on the earth there's a remnant that's chosen on the earth I said oh yeah Uh, didn't really know what that word meant, but he's, um, my friends passed on and this word always rang in my heart. One day I was looking through uh, um, YouTube and I come across this word, remnant. So I followed the teaching for a while. They were Hebrew Israelites and they taught in the name of Yahawashai and, and they taught in the name of Yahawah. Um, I didn't know any better, so I just followed along and it came a point where they, they wanted to um, uh, water baptize people. So, you know, they are in the United States and I'm in Malaysia. How are you going to water baptize me? And then apart from that, they, wanted, they said that you need to have a change of name. And they were giving these people Israelite names and so on. So I said, well, maybe it's time for me to change my name. Okay. So I went on and while this was going on, there were several other issues that was taking place. And at that time, the, um, there was a man in the United States that was, that was uh, shot and his name was uh, Botham Jean. And there was another man who was a witness to this case and his name was Joshua. So when I, when I was doing some work in the, in the garden, I heard this name, Joshua. In the class that was, I was in, they were teaching Oshia, the son of... So I listened to this, why is this name Joshua's rings? You know, it, it just chimes in my spirit. Why is it? So while the teaching was going on one day, I called my and I asked him, I said, sir, this name Joshua rings, uh, you know, true to me. Um, and at that time, we were studying the book of, of Revelation. And so with all of these things going on, I asked him a question. I don't know where this question came from, but I asked him a question. I said, is it possible, sir, that this, this seventh angel has been poured out on the earth? 
And he gave me an answer, you know, that my ears were blocked to that answer because I never heard one single word where that was said. Anyway, I kept these things in my heart and carried on um, uh, doing the things that I know how to do. So um, I, I, at that time, I just started to look at, um, at uh, the IDMR teachings and some of the things that rang true to me is I liked the moderation and I liked the doxology and the aims because they set forth an, a particular order. And I started to listen more in IDMR, but I also had one foot here and one foot over that side. And I was looking at um, the teaching one day and having these things in my heart to change my name and to be water baptized. One of the vessels in IDMR in, in the school was on the floor and they were teaching. And she turned around and to the, to the viewing audience and she said, why do you want to change your, to change the witness? I'm telling you, brethren, I almost fell off my chair because I don't, how do you know that I want to change my name? And how do you know I want to change the witness? This word witness rang very clear because I had studying about witnesses. And that was, that started to, to um, burn in my heart and carried on listening to the teaching. And this question about the seventh angel was still in my heart and mind. And one day, one of the vessels on the floor said, read it from a transcript that said, and that was the seventh angel. I said, I beg your pardon? I went back to that teaching, rewound that tape, and they said, you go back to this, this transcript and it's written, it's written there, uh, this is the seventh angel. I went to that transcript, I found it within one hour, I found that transcript, I had it printed out, and I I underlined that word that says who and where and when was that transcript written and that the seventh angel was represented by, was, was actually Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley. I underlined it there, I lifted it up over my head and uh, thanked Yashua for it. And on that day, I made a decision to let go of those previous classes and come into class and learn. So, and Yahshua confirmed that he's, this is how he put it. He says, I put you in, I will take you out. And so that settled the matter and I came into class to learn. While I've been in class, I have heard um, Dr. Dennis Volpe give his um, discourse. I've heard Dr. Carl Embler, Dr. Dyer, Embler, um, Dr. John Cometti, uh, Dr. Reba uh, Zahar, and Dr. Sean Hudgenwaddle. I'm not even looking at the participants' names. And each of them brought forth Yahshua the Messiah in a majestic way with, um, 
with excellence, with clarity. And I am very thankful that Yahshua the Messiah has used all of you to um, train me and build me according to what the um, according to what the um, Elohim book says. That is to train and 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 people as ministers of the God and coming from a Catholic uh, background and going into a Christian background and then dropping out altogether and just to be by myself. Um, I see that character with the founder and he was uh, trained and he, he tells us how to be alone and how to be quiet and how to um, study these things. And I was at a point where there was, there was nothing more for me to study. You know, I, I was quite happy to sip on some tea and, um, and until I come to class and I was challenged by these charts, by these, uh, uh, the principle and even at the last early hours of this morning, um, I was talking to my, my brother in the United States about this line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, um, line upon line. And I came, when I came to class, I was um, taught by um, Dr. David Underwood and that elementary chart, uh, he taught me from there. He said, listen, look at these principles and he laid it down for me. He laid it down and I worked on it with him. Um, and then he said, you have to learn this, these things. And so I did. I didn't find it offensive. One of the first things that was told to me when I came into class um, is a very uh, clear statement, which said, shut your mouth and sit your butt down. I said, okay, I had heard that before. And so when I heard it, when I came to class, I said, wait a minute, I've heard this thing before. I've heard this and it not offend me. So I said, thank you very much. And I sat down and I learned these things about this man made in the image uh, of Elohim by the pattern. You know, in my previous years, I had never come across this word. I skipped well over it, speed reading the scriptures. I sped read over this word pattern. Coming to class, every other person talks about the pattern. I said, well, give this thing to me. I want to look at it for myself and see what's this pattern all about. And then, um, as each of y'all, and I'm telling, I'm pointing out to y'all right here in Oceanside, each of y'all played a part in putting the pieces together as Yahshua led you, not of your own, not of your own wisdom. And you led me in the way of how this Moses chart goes along. How on the top hand corner that you have Yahweh is pure spirit in his pure spirit state that he is incomprehensible, inscrutable, indiscernible, and how he come down from that pure spirit state into a, uh, into um, uh, Yahweh Elohim, you know, uh, taking on shape and form, and 
I had never seen that before, you know, uh, and, and described as Elohim, uh, Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua, how it was, the word was divided accurately. And the, there's scriptures that says, uh, uh, study uh, to show yourself approved correctly, you're rightly dividing the word of truth. And I looked at this, I looked at the attributes of wisdom, knowledge, intelligence, wisdom, and knowledge, love, beauty, and justice, power, foundation, and strength. And it was taught to me that these, at this, this is Yahweh. It's not about him. That is him. And how these attributes were arranged in a particular, a particular format. How Moses on the top of Mount Sinai saw the vision from the beginning and how John saw it from the end. Now, I would never have put all these things together and rightly divided the word of truth unless I had come to class. And I'm not only talking to you, Oceanside, but I'm talking to the viewing audience that might, at some point in time, come to know and understand or have a desire, a burning desire, to learn this truth, to learn from this vision, divine vision. I learned about how the, the pattern, um, that the migration pattern of uh, the children of Israel uh, that's going through out of Egypt into the wilderness and into the promised land, how it reflected our each of our lives. And before coming into class, we were, I was in total darkness. Although I had studied a little here and a little there, when I came to class, the teacher told me, he says, take all those things and dump it. So I said, okay, because I had heard before previously, if you think you know anything, you do not know it the way you ought to know it. Okay, time to dump it. So I dumped everything and came to class with a teachable spirit. I wanted to be taught. And all of you in Ocean Side and other piece by piece, one day at a time, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, a little from the law, a little from the testimony, showed me how to correlate the things. Um, uh, when you come to class, you learn how to correlate and how to um, distinguish the law, the prophets, and the fulfillment, and the spiritual fulfillment. And I had never, never considered it. So went back to Isaiah in, uh, in chapter 8 and 20 and 8, and Yahweh gives us a prescribed way. He tells us, this is what, I understood it this way. This is what pleases him. And so I said, okay, if I will dare to throw out the rubbish that I had learned before and count it as dung, then I believe that Yah, Yahshua the Messiah would lay this foundation in my heart mind so that forever it will be settled. And um, one of the things that I studied when I came to class was this thing about love. And uh, the brethren had always expressed their love. And this is something that you, you cannot get. At this point in time, out in the world, you cannot get it. But the brothers and sisters that came by 
they always teach and preach the word accurately. By the time they came to the end of the discourse, they'd, spiritually speaking, put a little in my top pocket, put a little in my side pocket and say, take this, brother, take this. You're going to need it. And I never came away from class without a little love or beauty or justice or knowledge, understanding. Um, I never came away with empty-handed. I always had a nugget, a piece of gold, a piece of silver, a piece of teaching, uh, a, a, a tract, um, a, a, a pamphlet, uh, a plate. Look at this plate. Look at that plate. And I realized that this was a teaching that was not to be reckoned with. And that you needed, I needed to take this thing seriously. So I made a commitment. I made a commitment to learn and obey and follow the instructions so that the glory belongs to Yahshua the Messiah. And he'll give us the victory, each one of us. I learned how to divide this word of truth. And I'm still learning. I'm still, there's so much to learn, so much to learn. I had never considered that I was going to learn about the human body and how this green chart um, uh, correlates the, part, the parts of our body uh, to the di divine pattern of the, uh, the tabernacle pattern. And um, that's another uh, uh, teaching the tabernacle pattern and how it was throwing accuracy. And I want to say this keep on preaching and keep on pushing and pressing forward because this is this is all we have at this point in time. This is the most stable foundation that each one of us could stand on. Yahshua the Messiah and his precepts, his uh, uh, lines and his uh, principles of death, burial, resurrection, blood, water, and spirit. That was taught to me how to draw the lines um, on this elementary chart. Why, how uh, Yahweh our Elohim is coming out from pure spirit and going through the death, burial, resurrection, death, burial, resurrection, death, burial, resurrection, and on right on to, to eternity. And these are the things that have been taught to me, and they have been taught to me, and whatever's coming out of my mouth, that's exactly the way it, it's been taught to me. If I have to go into um, a particular section, then I get my notes and I do a particular section. But this is my testimony of what Yahweh through his son, Yahshua the Messiah, uh, has done with me from coming to class and being with, with vessels that he has chosen, hand-picked and trained for, the, for his glory and for his purposes. This is what he has done with you all. And I was meditating on these things and I, I realized that I am going to be accountable for this gospel. I'm going to be accountable for this man that had a divine vision and divine revelation 
that came and laid it down and meditating on the three ecclesiastical peace missions. You know, the, the founder took this to the best of the best, the cream, the think tanks of the nations of this world. Until I, the moment that I'm sitting here and speaking the words that I speak, not one of them have come up and said, this is it. Not one, but it's been given to me the day it was shown to me that um, of these four, uh, four volumes of this textbook, I went out to the print shop and I gave it to them and they had it printed out for me and I laid it in front of me and I follow along with the teaching. So those, the people that he took this teaching to from Sydney, Australia, to the uh, to the um, Saudi Arabia and to Britain and to um, Africa, he's taken it to Israel, and nobody has even seen this. You know, Yahshua has shown it to me. I didn't choose him; he chose me. He said, "Come and learn. Come and learn of me." So I did. And how many of you know that? If you are obedient, he will draw you. And he drew me to all the tools that I could ever need to preach this gospel of the kingdom accurately, uncompromisingly with power and love, not with wisdom, man's wisdom, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. When I came to class, I didn't have any books. I went out in volumes and I prepared some of the charts. I have charts um, uh, with me. And one of the last things that I did was I made, I made a, a head of a, a company make a Moses chart for me. And they did it 77 inches by 48 inches. And I hung it on, in my, my front room. And I will learn this chart. I go to the chart and look, point it out and learn these things that, I, that are uh, presented that were that the founder brought it forth and I realized that no man could put these charts together no man could do that and bring it out the way he did because uh, until today if you look nobody can refute this teaching nobody's been able to punch a hole in it and so it can we can, I decided that I can stand on on this teaching Trust Yahshua. And one of the things that he, he uh, from coming to class, during the COVID-19, I didn't have anything much to do apart from being around the house. So I listened to teachings, two, two teachings a day, you know, four hours. Sometimes if I um, had the time, I'd listen to another teaching in the middle of the day. And so I heard this moderation three or four times a day. And when it, uh, as the teachings came forth, um, I started to see um, this pattern unfold. And the more we, the more I studied it, the more Yahshua revealed himself. One of the things that I would go to sleep at night, and sometimes I would get up in the middle of the night, and I would hear somebody preaching the gospel. 
I know who it is. I know the name of the vessel. And they would be preaching the gospel moderation. I have got up many nights with somebody reciting the doxology or somebody flicking the pages of the Elohim book. And I've got up one morning to, um, uh, to um, a printer that's printing out. And what it was printing out was the ever presence of Yahshua the Messiah. The ever presence of Yahshua the Messiah. All small letters, no space in between. It's being printed on a, on a gold sheet of paper, bright yellow gold sheet of paper. And it's coming out of a printer. And I couldn't figure out what that is. You know, so I took it to one of the sisters um, and, you know, she just listened to what I had to say and just spat out what it was, what was the revelation. And, um, and she pointed out that that is the still small voice of Yahshua, the Messiah. And I thought that was very really cool. Many other times I have got up to uh, vessels from the school that have been um, screaming out the gospel on the top of their voice and declaring the, the, the truths. And at some point you have to just jump out of your bed because uh, you know, you, you just really, it's just overwhelming. But these are the things that have happened to me. These are the things that, yeah, you are some of the people that Yahshua used to bring forth that gospel. Um, vessels that, of his glory, of uh, being trained by him, being loved by him, and precious in his sight. Uh, with that, um, I would like to thank you for the invitation. And I don't have such a long discourse. Um, thank you all of you for uh, listening to me. And if you've got anything out of what I have just said, all the glory belongs to Yahweh, our Elohim, through his son, Yahshua the Messiah. I thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Cardoza. And our second speaker this evening will be Dr. Sharon Welsh from our Syracuse class. Good evening, everyone, and good morning, Gordon. <laughs> It is evening here on the East Coast. It's afternoon on the West Coast, and it's obviously morning in Malaysia. I'm glad that uh, we're covering most of the world here uh, to preach the gospel of which is really what we are here for. And um, very inspired by um, the first speaker and knowing that um, he's only been in class for a year and how that Yahshua has just opened up his understanding and an array of knowledge and uh, you know, understanding of this knowledge and um, it's truly by grace and it's truly a gift. Um, I could see how that at the end of this age, 
how that whoever um, Yahshua has brought <clears throat> into the, the end of this age and has just um, magnified and accelerated uh, their learning. You know, which just shows you um, how close we are um, to the end. Uh, I could see um, what the first speaker was talking about and how that, um, you know, you hear, uh, my people shall know my name and also uh, my sheep shall hear my voice. Uh, if we can get that, my sheep shall hear my voice. It's somewhere in either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, I think. <laughs> but also in our scripture reading in uh, verse uh, 15, if the other reader can get that. I'm looking up sheep to find it. Okay. It would be in John, I think, the 10th chapter, but I'm guessing. Yeah. Psalms 139 and 15. John 10, 27. 10, 16, also, John. All right. Psalms 139 and 15. Right. His substance was not hidden from me when I was made in secret and intricately wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. See, my, his substance was not hid from the but you know, knowledge, uh, uh, understanding, all of those attributes—they're not hitting from his. They're hitting from the world, or from the mystery of iniquity. But they are not hidden from his sons, or those that have the Holy Spirit. And that's the only. His substance, as if he has put his substance right within you. So that's why his sheep shall hear his voice. And you did get that, right, uh, Andrea? Yes, John 10 27. Thank you. My sheep hear my voice, and oh. I know them, and they follow me. Mm -hmm. See, that, that still small voice. You know, what Gordon was talking about and how that he just heard that. That's how we all came into this, this, this teaching and how that we all uh, realized that there is more to this than meets the eye. And that is by a revelation because there are people that come into this class, hear this gospel, and don't get <laughs> see you have to be his sheep shall hear my voice and uh you can pick up to where yashua says that he has not lost any of his you know how do we get this gospel clifford sorry i am calling him gordon it's clifford set Thank you. Um, <clears throat> his, 
how is his the doctrine or the the teaching reaching you know malaysia and how does it reach africa and you know we have people coming in from all over the world because he just picks you right out right out of all of those you know billions of people you know <laughs> eight billion of the whole world and he just picks you right out and says hear my voice and you will hear it and there's other people that will be under the teaching and does not hear his voice so you know it's just it's just amazing that um you know clifford has heard his voice and has mm -hmm. stuck with it and has brought us um you know, such joy to know that, you know, Yahshua's real and he is still out there gathering his, see, at the end of this age. Um, I want to get, I have something that is on my mind, which kind of goes along, along with us. Let's see. I want to get, hang on a minute, please. I want to get uh, Proverbs 3, 5, 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in Yahweh with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Mm -hmm. in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths see in all ways acknowledge him and that's what we do is we hear that we acknowledge there is something to this and when that happens what what happens after that Linda uh, in all what? thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy, thy paths he will do paths Go ahead. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Right. Fear Yahweh and depart from evil. Right. So he will direct thy path. And that is what he is doing with us down at the end of this age. Uh, he's directing our path. Um, I want to get down to, well, let's go to the, the uh, chart here, the chart of the pattern plan of salvation. And if you want to go by, you know, how Yahweh instructed us to learn and how that he has directed the path, see, down through the ages and dispensations, did he not direct the path of Noah? he showed him the pattern of what? The ark. He's always worked with a pattern and he directed Yahweh, Noah's path on how to build this ark. Now more evident is how did those animals get into that ark? Didn't he direct their path 
into that are how do you how do you get all those animals to behave that way you know people spend money and hours and hours to train a dog to sit to lay you know <laughs> how many hours does that take to just train a dog and yet still Yahweh directed to that ark at the right time see we'd come into this class right at the right time his time he directs our path just like he did back with Noah with Noah and the animals going into that ark and then having you know the the eight souls um, go into that ark right at the right time <clears throat> and you know that they were in there seven days but that's another that that we'll get back to that so then didn't he direct the path of the children of Israel if we go to the migratory pattern see they they thought well here they are at the Red Sea and Pharaoh's behind them and the Red Sea is in front of them, where are they going? <laughs> he directed their path. He could have brought them, I believe a shorter way. I, I remember Dr. Kinley talking about this recently, it's something I read, that he could have uh, uh, directed them an easier or faster way to the wilderness of Sinai, but no, he directed their their path right to the Red Sea to do what? To show in the his power. See, stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh. He directed their path um, into the wilderness of Sinai <clears throat> for a purpose, for a reason. See, he wanted to show, show them his power that he could bring in he can bring salvation to them. So if we can um, zoom out a little bit, Brad, please. So the, oh, the, the, uh, the high, the priest, did he not instruct Leviticus, the 10th chapter goes into, um, you know, detail on what the, the priest had to do in that tabernacle pattern. He directed their path on, on where to go, when to go, see which which uh, um, vessel to to go to and what to do. You know, he he instructed them, directed their path. And on the Day of Atonement, you know, it's in detail on what that high priest had to do in order for um, salvation. Right? It was an atonement that uh, uh, allowed the children of Israel to be, to be what? To be saved for, for, the, for the year. So he directed the path of that priest and that high priest for salvation. Now here comes Joshua, right? <laughs> Isn't he directed, his path is directed? Oh boy. Um, is it um, with John? Uh, I think I believe it's three, or is it Matthew three thirteen? 
that what I'm thinking? It's probably Matthew because John 3 is Nicodemus. Yeah, 3, but I want it in, um, uh, let's see, 3, I think. Well, pick it right up at 1. Okay. Matthew 3 and 1. Mm-hmm. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea mm -hmm. and saying, Repent you, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm -hmm. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare you the way of Yahweh, make his path straight. Oh, prepare ye the way of Yahweh, make his path straight. What is he talking about? He is talking about john and in, in uh the will baptizing right and mm -hmm. he hears a voice of one crying in the wilderness who is that prepare ye the way of who yashua for his path is straight yashua's path is straight that's our path straight because that's what he has um uh, uh prepared for us is our path being straight see and the point is is that he has ordered our path uh you know down through um stephen see before uh pentecost see he oh let let's get stephen i love stephen is something else you know if we can just have a heart as Stephen has acts um after Pentecost actually <clears throat> is it um seven seven, seven. seven. okay seven Seven seven. It's before the uh, Gentiles come. Acts seven seven. Uh, let's see. Hang on. Uh, no. <clears throat> get, um, Where is it where he's um, teaching the, the tabernacle and the law? That's what I want. I think it's eight. X744, perhaps? Yes. Acts 7.44, our fathers had the tabernacle of witnesses in the wilderness, as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses that he should make it according to the fashion that well, he had seen. Who's talking? Even. Even. Um, I said it the other night at class because I remember that... Um, Burbank Mitchell, I'll repeat it again. 
um, and how that um, he used to say, you should ask yourself three questions. Um, who, what, and where? Who is talking? What are they saying? And when is it being said? And I, I got thinking about that the other night and said, it's www. And that's how we're teaching the gospel these days, World Wide Web. But anyways, who is talking? Going back to the law and the prophets and teaching the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah, right? And when is he saying this? This is after Pentecost, after the Jewish Pentecost, of when the new covenant is in effect. So don't tell me that we don't teach that, that gospel now under this new covenant. See, he says, our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he has appointed, speaking unto Moses. He's talking about the law. Go ahead, keep going, please. I'm sorry, 45, which also our fathers that had come after brought in with Joshua into the possession of the Gentiles, whom Elohim drove out before the face of our fathers mm -hmm. unto the days of David, mm -hmm. who found favor before Elohim and desired to find a tabernacle for the Elohim of Jacob. I'm sorry, can you drop down to 51? course ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears you do always resist the holy spirit as your fathers did so do you mm -hmm. which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted mm -hmm. and they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one mm -hmm. so talk, talking about the prophets of whom you have been now the betrayers and murderers. Mm -hmm. You go down to um, 57. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. <laughs> they stopped. They cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears. What do you mean? They didn't want to hear it anymore. They, they put like their hands over your ears, stopped your ears. Don't want to hear this anymore. And don't we uh, come across people like that? I do. <laughs> and ran upon him with one accord. Go ahead. What'd they do to him? And cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. Mm -hmm. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon Elohim, saying, Yahshua, receive my spirit. Now, and who's he, calling, I'm sorry, who's calling upon Yahweh is Stephen and saying, receive my spirit. See, that's, that's what we'd be doing. Go, go ahead. One more. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Yahweh, Lay not this sin to their charge. Mm -hmm. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Right. I fell asleep. 
you mean he died. <laughs> you know, we say falling asleep, but uh, that's exactly what happens um, is, you know, you fall asleep, you die. You know, all those that, oh, let's get First Corinthians 15 and 50, you know, I'll sleep, but I'll be changed. First Corinthians 15, uh, yes, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Mm -hmm. In a moment, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, mm -hmm. for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Right. So we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. You know, and describe to me that, you know, when someone in the faith dies, you know, they're like waiting on us. They're asleep. You know, they're, they're just waiting on us because it has to be, we call it a universal revelation of Yahshua the Messiah. And it's, you know, it's all one. We all get it at the same time. We all get the same penny at the same time. Clifford's, um, you know, here a year. A lot of us came in in the 70s, 40, 50 years. We're still here. And you know what? We're not getting anything different than what Clifford's going to get at the end of this age. <laughs> it's not going to be any different. What is it? It's uh, the revelation of Yahshua, the Messiah. So while we're doing this, see, we're down here in this creation. And... A lot of people ask, why are we here? What are we doing? See, our purpose is to preach the gospel. And while we are doing that, you see, I hear so many people that go through trials and tribulations. And, you know, uh, a lot of people have um, testified that not only me, but a lot of us that wake up in the morning and we wondered, how many parts of our body is going to hurt us and not work that day? <laughs> We're all breaking down. We're all coming to, you know, the end of this. Our bodies are just not going to make it. But you know what? Yashua will preserve us. And that's what I really wanted to work with going around about it a certain way, but um, that's just what's gonna come out. And uh, what I wanted to, to bring out is that just recently we had uh, something happening out into the universe. And that is that we landed on Mars, right? In 2000, 2020, we landed on Mars and you know that Mars is the second to Jupiter in our solar system. <clears throat> so here we are coming uh, on Mars and you know what the name of the rover was? 
perseverance. When I heard that, I thought, oh, wow, here we are down at the end of this age when we're all body physically breaking down. See, Yahshua puts out there that he is showing us perseverance. It's now, if you got, I'm sure you got a dictionary either on or Linda, you look up that word, I'd like you to look it up. <clears throat> okay, I'm getting it. Okay. And you know that Mars is what? The, the god of uh, war, right? Isn't Mars the god of war? And aren't we down here at the end of this age in a war? What are we warring against? We're warring against a lie. It's the truth against a lie. And we are standing up for this truth. The truth of Yahshua the Messiah being our savior. That's what we're warring against. That mystery of iniquity saying, oh, no, 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 no. You know, you don't need to be saved. Oh, yes, you do. And you only can only be saved in the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. We're in a war. So perseverance. All right, and going with persevere, first of all, the word persevere, to persist in a state, enterprise, or undertaking in spite of counter influences, opposition, or discouragement. In spite of, see, you are, I have pers persistence in doing something despite difficulty. We are doing this, we are preaching this gospel in spite of difficulty, whether it be in physical difficulty or whether it be spiritual difficulties. See, there's... Uh, but not, I also have I also have steadfastness also steadfastness. Oh yeah. There are many similars of, of persistence. Believe me, um, I you know persistence, tenacity, determination, resolve, resolution, resolutionness, staying power, uh, purposefulness. Firmness of purpose, patience. Oh man, do we need patience at the end of this age? I have endurance. Are we enduring? Oh, we're those that endure to the end. Oh, let's see. Oh, I want Hebrews 12 and 1, 15. I want James 1 and 12. Endurance. What are we enduring? You said he Hebrews 12 and 1? Um, Hebrews 12 and 1, but I really want 15. Okay. Well, Hebrews 12. I'm sorry. You got to pick it up at 1. Do you want me to read 1 and then 15, or do you want me to read 1 through 15? Just, just keep reading. Just keep um, Romans 1. 12 and 1. You mean Hebrews? Hebrews 12 and 1. Let me go. Okay. Tell me when you're ready. Go ahead. Hebrews 12 and 1. 
Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Right. Mm -hmm. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Looking keep going. Looking unto Yahshua, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was mm -hmm. set before him, endured now look at it. the if cross. If Yahshua endured the cross, what makes you think that we can't endure these minor physical ailments and these minor spiritual ailments that has, you know, tried to stop us, you know, from finishing our faith? It's not going to happen. And during the cross, keep going. Despising the shame mm -hmm. and is set down at the right hand of the throne of Elohim. Mm -hmm. Keep going. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Mm -hmm. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Mm hmm You have not resisted on the blood, striving against sin. Mm -hmm. And you have forsaken, or excuse me, and you have forgotten the exhortation, which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of Yahweh, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Okay, you can go down. I'm sorry, you can go down to 15. 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. So diligently, you, we are looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of Yahweh. See, diligence, that's one of the, the definition of uh, persistence, diligence. And you know, another one is I have here is dedication or commitment. Didn't Clifford say that? And you know, that's one of the things that I know personally that I have um, uh, witnessed is that that's one of the things that people are afraid of because they see that you need a commitment to this teaching and that scares them. Now, to Clifford, it was like, I knew it. I knew I had to be committed and that that's what I was going to do. But for someone else, I mean, that that's a gift because for someone else, they'll say, oh, no, I, that scares me. I can't be committed to that. Well, yeah, if you're Yashkos, you will be committed. Now, I don't have much more time. I want to get James uh, 1 and 12. James 1, 12. Mm -hmm. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Right. For when, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which Yahweh Elohim hath promised to them that love him. Right. That's right. For those that love him. And the, and the only way that you're going to love him is if you have the Holy Spirit. That's the only way. You cannot love him. Love the truth. 
if you do not have the Holy Spirit. I want to get Matthew 24, 13. Just a couple more and I will, well, okay. Matthew 24 and 13. Mm -hmm. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. You see how important that endurance is? Do you see how important the commitment is? Do you see why Yahshua has put uh, uh, perseverance up in the, in the, in, in the, in the mark? I see it. Thank you. That's all I need. So he that endured to the end, the same shall be saved. We need to, we have to endure to the end. Yahshua will endure to the end. <laughs> because Yashua is in you. I'm trying to make this to be uh, an uplifting way of thinking of the perseverance or the what he has done for us and that he will prevail. He will. <clears throat> what did outside call? I called something else. Oh. I got to get Ephesians 6, 18. Ephesians 6 and 18. Yeah. Pray, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the sons. Mm-hmm. Praying, I'm sorry, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all the sons. That is what we are doing at the end of this age. Um, let me get Revelations 3 and 11. We got Matthew, right? Yes, I wanted Matthew. Oh, there's so much on. Go ahead. Revelation 3.11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man Be, take thy crown. No man's going to take that crown. What is that crown? But eternal life. You know, it's... To know Yahweh and Yahshua and Yahweh Elohim is eternal life. And that is that crown. And that's not going to be, once you have it, it's not going to be taken away. Those that endure to the end, see, will not be taken away at all. Uh, I just hope that uh, someone got something out of this. To me, it was amazing that, um, you know, he put that out there um, in the skies, in the universe, uh, that shows us something, you know, first Romans 1, 19 and 20, you know, nothing happens out into the creation that doesn't show you something about your creator. And, you know, I also read there that just this one quick little thing that there was a, a secret um, 
panel on the uh, Persevering Grover. Um, okay. Oh, also, they're looking for life. <laughs> that's what that's doing up there is looking for life. And that perseverance, that persistence is our life. But there was also um, a huge parachute used by NASA Perseverance rover to land on Mars contained a secret message. Thanks to a puzzle lover on the spacecraft team, system engineer, blah, 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 binary code to spell out Dare Mighty Things, which is um, from, from President Theodore Roosevelt, a quote that he has uh, uh, had, and uh, you should go Google it. It is amazing the things that he wrote um, on this that tells you uh, what we're going through right now. It's really an amazing thing that he has put a secret. It's a secret because it's only for his sheep that hear his voice. I hope that you've got something out of this. I hope it wasn't too garbled up and uh, all praise and honor goes to Yahshua the Messiah. Thank you, Dr. Welsh. And our third speaker today will be Dr. Diane Emler from our Oceanside class. Uh, I'm sorry, I uh, chatted to Dennis that Diane was in bed not feeling well. In the very beginning of class, I'm sorry. I'll take out on Diane later. <laughs> um, uh, needless to say, I enjoyed this class very much, both the testimony from uh, Clifford Cordoza and the, uh, the ink from Sharon Welch. Um, over to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Uh, I want to start at verse 27, and I'm going to go into 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. And um, I don't care what Bible you read out of, but when you get to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, do not read charity read love. That's the word that is supposed to be there, which has not been properly translated by the translators. So please, okay, Carl. 1 Corinthians. Go ahead. Yes. First uh, Corinthians 12 and what? 27. Okay, thank you. Now ye are the body of Yahshua and members in and Elohim hath set some in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. All right, hold on for a minute, Linda. Okay. Now, this is Pentecost. And this is 
the whole point of this purpose uh, from um, Adam in the garden, who, when he was brought forth, um, was brought forth with Eve, the woman in him. He was one body. And um, yeah, there goes Greg. Go for or Greg, late <laughs> 11. When, this is the very beginning of the physical manifestation of the purpose of Yahweh. And yeah, uh, Adam represents uh, Yahshua. I'll say it like that. Adam represents Yahshua because this is uh, the flesh and the word made flesh as a manifestation, if you will. And uh, this man uh, was both male and female within himself. That's how he was made. And if you read over in Genesis, uh, you're going to find that uh, Yahweh Elohim said, let us, and I said Yahweh Elohim, and I understand that all you have is God text in Genesis 1.1. But it is Yahweh Elohim, because Paul talks over uh, in uh, one of his letters how there are God's many and Lord's many. Uh, does someone know where that is? God's many, Lord's many? 1 Corinthians 8 and 5. Okay, go for it. 1 Corinthians 8 and 5. First Corinthians 8, 5. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there are gods many and lords many, but to read us there... Go ahead. No, read on is what I was... I didn't know if I'm you sorry. Were... But to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him, and one, Yahshua the Messiah, whom all things by whom are all things, and we by him. Now look, this is, a, this is one story that Yahweh has devised right from the start. And uh, here Paul is admonishing people. Uh, start, start that again, Linda. And, and, and I, I'll try not to be too brutal with you breaking it up. Go ahead. <laughs> First Corinthians 8, 5. For though there be that are called gods. Now, so though that are be those that are called gods or called Elohims or Eloah, there are those who call themselves. And we've had uh, examples of that even in uh, our lifetime. Uh, some young moon, for instance, was considered himself to be the reincarnation of of God uh, in that he came, this is the Unification Church, was a big movement. And when I first came into class in the 70s, I spent a weekend in uh, retreat with them uh, to learn about them. After, and this was after I'd come into class. Uh, I had encountered, encountered uh, a member of the Unification Church on the sidewalk 
uh, in Providence, Rhode Island, as I was fixing a flat tire on my bicycle. And this woman came up to me and, and said to me, uh, do you know that the, the world is going to come to an end or the age or the world will come to end soon? And here I am on my hands and knees on this bike and it's upside down, I'm fixing a flat tire. And I cranked my head over to her and go, yeah, sure. And she was astounded. She thought it would uh, rock my world to hear such a thing. And uh, unbeknownst to her, that uh, this idea of the temporary nature of this physical creation is a, uh, a founding principle in this gospel. And so uh, I talked with her about the name of Yahshua, et cetera. And um, so she invited me to a weekend in, in the Some Young Moons. And it turns out that Some Young Moon, the leader, is the uh, predece uh, predecessor, no, the antecessor, predecessor, yeah, predecessor of Jesus Christ in their minds. And I had to instruct her on that name. But uh, uh, so he came in to do what Jesus Christ failed to do. Jesus Christ was supposed to get married and show everybody how to have a family. And before he got a chance to do it, they grabbed him and put him up on the cross and killed him. And Yahweh or God's purpose was thwarted. Come to find out God's purpose, according to these carnal minds, has been thwarted uh, down through the ages and uh, it, when he put Adam and Eve in the garden uh, and this would be Paul, but this is, I'm just taking you all the way back, but I wanna get to this point about how this purpose has been declared from the beginning and the world does not know or they do not understand this purpose. And so their doctrine is that Adam and Eve were in the garden and it was a you know beautiful place and all this and God had meant for them to stay there, and God turned His back. And as soon as He turned His back, Eve took of the fruit. Now He's got to kick him out, and He's bummed out because they're messing up His purpose. But yet and still, He had to kick him out of the garden. Garden, and then He says, "You're going to be saved through childbearing." And here's the you have this one couple, a perfect marriage, if you will. And down through time, uh, the world has become corrupted. And so you read over there in Genesis, uh, uh, before Noah is uh, building the ark, Yahweh tells Noah that the, the world is just evil continually. And so I'm going to wipe out all these people, build an ark, and we'll take it over. And so Noah is very obedient. He builds the ark. He brings the people over. Uh, and when he gets over there, the, you get the, 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 the rainbow uh, showing that Yahweh has made a covenant with uh, uh, Noah. And in that, there you go. Yeah, play 20. Yeah, play 20. Yahweh makes this the Noah covenant. And so now he has to please uh, God, as they call it. And so Noah and his family begin the process of repopulating the earth, but they screw up and uh, wind up building the Tower of Babel so that they don't 
uh, if the flood comes, they can climb this tower and get away from this flood. And so God realizes, well, they're messing up again. And so uh, he has to bring in, he brings in it, it, it well, first of all, he destroys the, the tower and all that, but then he brings in Moses and Moses gives them the 10 commandments. And he says, if you keep these things, it will be your righteousness. And so then, uh, thank you. <laughs> There's the Tower of Babel we have there. These charts encompass, we'll describe to you in pictorial fashion, the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. Anyway, so Moses comes with the, the Ten Commandments and the children of Israel gather at the base of that mountain and they say all that Yahweh has said we will do and we will be obedient. You understand? And so, but they mess up and corrupt that law. And as far as the Unification Church is concerned, Yahweh's purpose has yet again been thwarted. And Yahweh just can't get it straight. He never knows what these people are going to do. He gives them a chance and they mess up. And he gives them a chance and they mess up. And he has to go back to the drawing board in order to uh, 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 figure out a way to get these people to be righteous. And it's just not working. Um, uh, so um, move back over to Adam for a minute, if you would, Greg. Good. I, Partly, I did that to make sure I still had internet, <laughs> but but this is good. So anyway, there's Moses right there, right next to us. We got these three plates right here. So they go to Moses. He gives them the Ten Commandments. They say all that Yahweh says we will do and be obedient. But, you know, 1,490 years later, none were found righteous, no, not one. So then Jesus comes in. Finally, you understand, and this is the Son of God himself, born of a woman, and he's there to get married and show these people how to have a family. This is the doctrine of the Unification Church. And the only reason I'm extending this out now is because Clifford talked about 30 years. I mean, he was in uh, Roman Catholicism and then uh, he dropped out of that 30 years ago, but then went through all these different things, Lutherans and uh, you know, and then this teaching and that teaching and then some of his own studies and all this. And he kind of was immersed in what the world teaches about uh, 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 God. This unification church, a very powerful church in the 70s and 80s anyways, I don't know where it's at right now, but uh, they did mass marriages because what he said, uh, some young moon said, he got married and had kids. And so he fulfilled this ideal marriage as a manifestation to the world um, uh, of the presence of God in him. And Jesus missed out because he got hung on the cross. And that's where God was thwarted again. Uh, the, the, the doctrines of the world are, pr are pretty astonishingly um, uh, painful when you begin to, to um, uh, investigate them. So anyways, this whole idea that there are lords many and that there are gods many, and some young moon is one of these there lords many and gods many, some who call themselves gods. So uh, uh, it's important to understand that you have uh, people, uh, uh, doctrines, uh, to you know, to to sh sh uh, uh, sift through, 
and, and, and hoping to find the truth. And I want, uh, and I think it's important to recognize when you see the, the number of doctrines that are out there, both in Christianity and Judaism and Hindu and Islam, et cetera, et cetera, that now listen, you don't have a prayer of getting through all of these doctrines in order to find out which one is true. Forget the IDMR for a minute. If someone told you, let's say Clifford, uh, 50 years ago, someone told you that the truth is out there, someplace, you got to find it. And that was it. And let you loose out in the world looking for the truth and you had to find it. First of all, where would you begin? I'd certainly begin at, you know, what I was raised in because that would be the most familiar with me. And so in my case, it was Luther Lutheranism. You would have probably begun with Catholicism. And as your testimony is, Catholicism failed you with respect to teaching you anything. You didn't feel like you were getting anything out of it. I remember another one, your testimonies, Clifford, was that uh, you would reach a plan, you'd go to one of these or organization you uh, uh yourself to learn endeavor this other time you went to three three different eight week courses in order to try to understand doctrine and in each you came to what you called in one of your testimonies a plateau another words, you weren't learning anything anymore and it seemed to be uh uh, uh just at end and and these religions are a dead end, these ones that are not religions. But if you were told, go out and find it, where would the heck we in? See, and you no, know, you'd be able to get to the end before you died, for crying out. Because you just can't research for 10 minutes or a day or a year and expect to say your own heart and mind, well, that's not it. Let's go to the next one. That's not, let's go to the next one. And that's the state and condition you would be in. Now, listen, if it weren't that Yahweh's purpose would be that he would draw his people to him. And that, and, and, and people don't like that. People don't like the way Yahweh has run his purpose. I'm talking about carnal minds. They want to find God. God's the one who's lost. They're looking for him. And then when they find him, they run around and try to get you to follow them because I found God. You understand? And they simply found something that satisfied their carnal concept of God. They didn't find Yahweh at all because, first of all, Yahweh has never been lost. And we had the scripture, was it in the scripture reading about where do I go where he's not? You understand? I can go to the depths of the sea and there he is. I can go to to the highest place in the, the, the air or the farthest place east or the farthest place west. I can go to hell or the grave in east. I can die and go to the grave and Yahweh's still there. The man's not lost. He, he is everywhere. And to, to, as far as people are concerned, uh, Yahweh is, uh, or God is up above sun, moon, and stars and people are looking for him. And we have over there in Acts, the 17th chapter, boy, I'm I have to do great. I have a simple point to make, and I got all over the place. But God is uh, 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 ever present. We live, move, and have our being right within Him. 
That's something that Paul says over in Acts, the 17th chapter. And we've read this before uh, that uh, um, we live, move, and have our being within him, which means you can't get outside of him to look back at him. So here in uh, uh, the scripture reading uh, was Psalms 139. It says, where am I going to go that you're not there? And you, I go to hell, I go to heaven, I go to the depths of the... In other words, that's the principle of that we live, move, and have our being within Yahweh. These principles that are revealed through this vision and revelation of Dr. Kinley, you can know they're true because it's not dependent on Dr. Kinley. It's in the, everything he teaches you can find in the scriptures. Why? Because the scriptures have been divinely inspired. And so that's why you can find them. So now uh, go, go back to, to, to Genesis 1.1 and recognize why uh, I said it's Yahweh Elohim. Uh, uh, in the beginning, Yahweh Elohim said, let there be light. And a lot of times Yahweh is silent. It's just Elohim. But Yahweh is never silent. That Yahweh is never silent. Maybe he's silent to us. But every time you see Elohim, make sure that in your mind, Yahweh Elohim comes up because that's the Elohim who we're worshiping and not some young moon or some young other guy. <laughs> you understand? This is Yahweh Elohim. See, made man in his likeness and in his image. And man will feed in himself. And that female that was in Adam was actually Adam's bride. And it's not yet made manifest until Yahweh begins to operate the purpose through Adam and separates the bride from the man and presents, in play 12, presents uh, uh, this woman to Adam, this woman who came from Adam. And when Adam says, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, he really means it. And that these two will be one. And that's why we get this marriage vow. Uh, whatever God is joined together, let no man put asunder. And we get all righteous about it. And we say, oh, this is my wife. This is my husband. And then seven or eight years later, I don't This is not the guy I married. This is not the woman I married. There's no perseverance in that relationship. Because it's a relationship after the flesh, but there is a perseverance in this relationship manifested by Adam and Eve. Adam, now listen, Adam took of that fruit from his wife, see, that Eve offered to him because Adam at that point, thank you, Greg, laid down his life for his bride because she had died and he could see that. He knew that she and he were now separated and that she had broken that. And he took that fruit that, that she gave him and laid down his life for his bride. It was the love of his bride in him that caused him to undergo that change of consciousness where he laid down his life. And that was the very beginning down there in the bottom of that late 15, he's having children. That's the very beginning of the manifestation of the travails through the flesh 
of this purpose of Yahweh that is reflecting the travails in the spirit. We don't, I don't have time to go through that reflection, but you, it takes you all the way back, see, to the cloud where Yahweh formulated this purpose within him. And uh, 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 well, I, I'll have to quote this. It's in uh, 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 46, 9 and 10. Is it Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, where uh, Yahweh has declared the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. And Yahweh said, my counsel or my purpose shall stand. And I, Yahweh, will do all my pleasure. And nobody wants to read that. I'm talking about Christianity because nobody wants a God who owns the football. You understand? It's my ball. It's my game. It's my rules. And it's and, and I will have, do all my pleasure. No one even wants a friend like that for the most part. You all, all want to be a part of the decision-making and all this other kind of stuff. And Yahweh, this particular creator, is very different from the carnal mind who wants to help, who wants to have. And, and the only reason you want to be a part of something from a carnal standpoint is so if it works out, you can have a little glory with it too because, hey, I help. Look what me and God did. So people... Uh, make choices in order to satisfy God, and then they earn his love and his understanding, and it's just not that way. Yahweh didn't set this thing up that way. Yahweh set this up so that the love that you bore him is something granted to you that you didn't earn because of this. Now, listen, when you fall in love with somebody, see, you don't, you don't go out and, and decide you're going to fall in love with someone, all of a sudden you find yourself with someone. And sometimes it's the wrong person and you try to fight it, but you can't. And then you're tormented because it's like, why do I love this crazy person? You understand? But it love, the love that a man and a wife, woman have for each other are granted to them as a manifestation for this love that Yahweh initially had for his chosen right from the foundation of the world. We got to go back to plate one, uh, the Adam plate, the, the, yeah, right there. Uh, because this Adam with the woman in him, uh, and he said, I've declared the end from the beginning and from ancient times of things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. In this beginning, is what he wants done in the end. <laughs> I swear I'm going through all this because of one word in the 27th verse of 1 Corinthians 12. But <laughs> I'll get to it. <laughs> but this is the beginning of the manifestation of Yahweh's purpose in the physical creation. And in the beginning, that the woman was in the man. And so you have to understand that that's how it's going to be at the end, is that woman or that bride is going to be brought back into him. So Yahweh Elohim in Genesis 1.1 says that, uh, let us make man in our likeness, in our image. Uh, and, and so he made man, both male and female. Because know that Yahweh, the father, pure spirit that you can't see in principle, 
is both male and female. And I'm not talking about two people walking around in him. What I'm talking about is the very principle that male and female manifests in our creation. And that principle is this, the power to reproduce, the power to bring forth life through childbearing. Yahweh has the power to bring forth, to speak in life. And that encompasses the principle in our understanding of both male and female. See, and you got those, those attributes. Don't go over there, Greg, just stay right here. You got those, those, the, the divine attributes, intelligence, wisdom, and knowledge, beauty, love, and justice, foundation, power, and strength. And when you read through, uh, 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 pro, uh, Proverbs and, and Psalms, and you read about some of these attributes, wisdom, she, it says, she has, and strength is he. Do these attributes gender towards the both positive, uh, uh, male and female, uh, uh, within themselves, because these attributes come forth in the tabernacle, in the body of Yahweh Elohim, in the body, the true body of Yahshua, see, that is capable of bringing forth offspring. See, we can bring forth offspring from the flesh, but he's bringing forth offspring from the spirit. You understand? We are spiritual offspring uh, of, of Yahweh. So this male and female uh, within himself, and that's Yahweh, uh, Elo, that's why Yahweh Elohim is so important because Yahweh, pure spirit, is a, a reflection of male and Elohim is a reflection of female because all creations came out of Yahweh Elohim as though Yahweh Elohim, Elohim birth brought them forth because the tabernacle pattern brings forth our understanding. You understand or gives birth to the recognition and uh, uh, appreciation of pure spirit of Yahweh that we can't see, which is why Yahshua says, when you see me, you see the father and Yahshua declares the father. And so the whole thing is knit together in that unity, which reflects this uh, uh, marriage, which reflects this love that Yahweh has for his bride. Now, first uh, Corinthians 12, 27 again. And when you get to church, Linda, Please, mm -hmm. read it. Please read assembly. Okay. Uh, 27. Now ye are the body of the Messiah and members in particular. And Elohim hath set some in the assembly. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? Now look at all these gifts and look at, uh, you know, I look through these gifts and I say, well, uh, where's mine? <laughs> look at all these wonderful things, you understand? These are all uh, 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 spiritual administrations that we as members of the body uh, uh, provide uh, for the body, uh, for the assembly. And this church, which is really assembly, uh, went to the Strong's or the Greek, uh, it comes from a, a word 
meaning a calling out. And we've been called out of the flesh, out of uh, carnally minded thinkingness into a spiritual realm where we struggle to see the spiritual principles behind the physical things. And we walk not after the flesh, though we are in the flesh, but we recognize the flesh is temporary. The flesh is insufficient to satisfy your spiritual needs, which is why water baptism of physical uh, uh, ordinance is insufficient to uh, give you salvation. And uh, a cracker, and a, 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 a commercial cracker, I'm talking about these wafers, they buy them on the market, bring them into churches, and then consecrate them, and all of a sudden, they be, uh, uh-oh, did I lose you guys? No. Okay, my whole, my whole screen just went, so there it goes, I got it back. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, th th those crackers are commercial, and then they just say words over them, and now all of a sudden they're spiritual. They buy wine from a distributor, you understand, and they put it in little cups and give it to you. These are all, these are all actual, natural, physical things which are not capable of, uh, of communicating spirit. They're capable of being used, the physical things are capable of being used to, be, to, to explain spiritual things, but they are not spiritual things. The flesh is not spirit. Uh, so anyways, this church is a calling out. We are called out of the flesh and into the spirit or the spiritual understanding of things. And that is the bride. We are all also the uh as far as the body is concerned the bride of yashua we all of us whether you're male or female represent the the female or this the 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 female aspect of spirit in the in in our spiritual position uh and so these gifts that we have that have been granted to us uh healings and helps and government and i'm telling you the healings uh that are important are healings in the spirit, not healings in the flesh. And certainly we would love to be able to hear, heal people in the flesh when we see them in great pain. Isn't that right, Sharon? Uh, we would, uh, uh, we, we are, our heart hurts to see those we love in these kinds of conditions. But the true healing is to be healed in the spirit, see? And the true government is not this, like they're looking at, you know, uh, the politics of the, this government had turned on the evangelical Christians to follow Donald Trump. I'm not talking, I'm not talking plus or minus. I'm just telling you what it is. It was the evangelical Christians who put Donald Trump uh, into the White House. See, and so, uh, but that's not the government we're interested in. And, and hallelujah for that, because look at that, uh, how that government turned out. You understand? And uh, uh, teachers and preachers, and, and it's a miracle. Clifford Cordova found us in Malaysia on the internet, and, and the miracles are always caused by the spirit, and the spirit is Yahweh. So Yahweh just plucked him out of all that stuff and set him in front of a computer screen and had him uh, witnessed uh, to this divine vision and revelation. Do you understand?
Danny was called out of over those last 50 years, as each and every one of us has been called out of, uh, out of hell, if you will. Uh, anyways, uh, all of these uh, uh, um, uh, gifts are spiritual gifts. See, but now uh, read 31, Linda. Thank you. Five minutes. I see it. I got it over my shoulder as well. Uh, verse right. 31. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Look at He goes, covet earnestly the best. Well, look at all those gifts there. Which one's the best one? You know, give me anything. <laughs> Whatever gift you give me, that's the best one because that's the one I got. Do you understand? Because, but covet earnestly the best gifts. I show unto you a may. Now read on. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Now look at speaking with the tongues of men and angels. And so you have over here, uh, thirdly teachers, secondarily prophets, you understand? And then you have preachers and uh, diversities of tongues. And so he says, yet, yet I have those gifts because he said, now covet the, the uh, yet I show you a covet the best one, but yet I show you a more, all more excellent way. See, and he goes, I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love. I have become a sounding brass and brass is down there in the court roundabout. You understand brass is that shiny metal that people think, oh, look at that. It's cold, but it's not. It's a tinkling cymbal. You know, it's just a, a percussionary sound. So read on there. Um, I'm on two. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and not, and not have love, I am nothing. Look at this sentence, because if you understand what he's saying here, Paul has talked about all these things. He's talked about if you had the faith of a mustard seed. I think we maybe even read that sometime today. I don't know which class. I was in where I, that was read. But if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, hey, go over there and it'll happen. You understand? And those mountains that the, the world thinks of, and I know personally because that's how I thought those mountains were, are not physical mountains, you understand? They are the spiritual barriers to your understanding. And every that that's a vision in the fifth creation, Yahweh has seized, seized to it that they get into an elevated position at the top of a mountain or on an island. There's a mountain coming out of the water or up at the third floor of your house, you understand? Or on the day of Pentecost, they weren't down in the basement. They weren't ground level in the dining room. They were in the upper room, you understand? And Yahweh's just not doing that because the spirit is more accessible. We're closer to the, to the heavens or to the sky. He's doing it to manifest that you, you, you have to be elevated out of the flesh and into the spirit in order to understand any of this. You, you have to have a spiritual experience, see? And uh, uh, it, it, you can move mountains. And even though you have faith, we're talking about faith now, that could move mountains, but don't have love. 
of your nothing. Read on, I've got one minute or two. And here. though Go I ahead. bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not loved, it profiteth me nothing. Love suffereth long and is kind. Love envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. See, it's not puffed up. It's it's humble and lowly. You understand it. And it doesn't envy anything. It doesn't want nothing uh, from you. It wants to give you. And that's why it says over there in Acts the 17th chapter that Yahweh uh, uh, doesn't need anything. He Because he gives to all life and breath, all things. And that comes back to love. Read on, because I, 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 I just, I got to finish this. Read on. It does not, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not its own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the tr truth, and believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never faileth, but whether... Love never fails, never fails, read... But whether there be prophecies, they shall be done away. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. And that's the revelate, the universal revelation of Yahshua the Messiah. And let me just say this at the end, because I'm done. Yahweh so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I'm not talking about down there with Mary. It's all the way back in the cloud when he brought forth Yahweh Elohim. You understand? And that's plate three. When he took on that, that was a purpose. That, that was word. He gave his word then and he keeps his word because he loves his word and no one can break his word. And Yahweh so loved the world or the creations, both angelic and physical, that he gave only begotten son and whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Emler. And we'd like to thank everybody who participated in our class today. We also want to thank everybody who viewed us on YouTube. We hold our class here every Saturday evening from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. At this time, I'd ask that everybody stay muted until the stream will now be dismissed by the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah.